Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Welcome back to the Marriage After God podcast. We're your hosts, Aaron and Jennifer Smith. There's a spiritual truth that goes like this. What we feed will be nourished. What we sow, we will reap. What we pursue, we will find. And what we water will grow. But what happens when we don't? The opposite is a spiritual truth as well. Stop watering something and it will eventually die. Stop feeding and it will diminish. If we don't sow, there won't be anything to reap. If we never seek, we will never find. Our focus today is to examine these truths, hitting home the importance of continual spiritual and relational maintenance. Today's episode is brought to you by our faithful patron team who have chosen to help financially support this show monthly. Here's a shout out to some of our new, most recent patrons. We have Freddie S., Pierre H., Shelly B., and Tracy P. We're so thankful that you chose to partner with us in blessing tens of thousands of couples with free daily prayer emails and this weekly podcast. If you've been blessed by any of our free Marriage After God content, we'd love to invite you to join our patron team. Also, if you choose to sign up at $20 a month, you can get a $50 gift card at our online to our online store on your first renewal date. Please visit marriageaftergod.com forward slash patron, P-A-T-R-O-N. So last Friday on January 6th, we celebrated the most special day of the year. <laughs> we celebrated our 16th wedding anniversary. Wow. That's been a long time. That's two times eight. That's a lot of years. After we recorded last week, Aaron was like, why didn't we mention that we were going to celebrate our anniversary? And I'm like, I don't know. That was kind of strange. We didn't even, what was it not on our minds? I don't know. <laughs> Just weird. a few days before. But we're like, hey, we'll talk about it next episode. <laughs> yeah. So here we are talking about it. Actually, it was really sweet. Here I go on this theme of uh, Sweet 16, as one of our friends called it. Um, so I just, I went ahead and stole that and just used it when I shared about it on Instagram. Someone also said that uh, now our marriage can drive. Yeah. Which I explained in my Instagram post, if you guys follow along there, that I love that kind of ideal that like we can drive now, like we're mature and responsible. Yeah. We're like, 16 years old. Here, we, we can, can, we we can, can go this. now. <laughs> uh, we're figuring it out still. <laughs> what was that highlight from our, our anniversary? Um, well, so we had plans to go to dinner, but we have a very good friend, best friends whose birthdays land in January. And, uh, our, so our friend Cody's birthday was, uh, just a couple days later, but they planned a birthday dinner for him on the night of our anniversary because there was a, a handful of couples that could do it that night. And so we ditched our reservations and joined them. And it's I like actually, tandem I actually really enjoyed it. It was awesome. It was so cool. We love having a party. So we spent, a, um, <laughs> going to the highlights, we spent pretty much all night enjoying each other's company and laughing and telling stories. And it was really, really refreshing. I had a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Um, also, earlier that day, that was a really fun time with you. But earlier that day, I really loved it because it was a Friday and we kind of just took the day off. Like it was, it was really easygoing. And we uh, took the kids ice skating, which we haven't done all winter. And they were caught off guard. So it was just super, super special. And I'm really surprised at how good they did. We had well, these, they had these helpers things, but they all like wanted to push it away and just go. Try. And yeah. They, they were so being good. courageous. But what I was going to say is I was surprised that no one else was there. And it was so nice for this family of five who don't know what they're doing. And little kids, there's only two of us. <laughs> we're like fumbling all over the place, but we had the whole rink to ourselves for a while. It was great. Yeah, it was good. And then we went to a bakery and got some pastries and it was just such a sweet day. Yeah. Hot, hot chocolate. So because we're still like in the intro part of this episode, I'm going to share something that really has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but you just mentioned our kids, and I, I had a funny story about Wyatt. He's our third, and he's six. He's probably the most like me. <laughs> he's the most like Aaron. Although this I'm starting, like <laughs> I'm starting to find things like me and him, and it's really cute. So. <laughs> They have, they share a, a bunk bed, him and Truett, and it's like a platform bunk bed. And so Truett's like on the left side on a bed, his own bed. And then Wyatt got, has the right side on his own bed. It's something really sweet that Aaron built and they love it. And so I go up there the other night to tuck him in and, and Wyatt asked me to cuddle him. And there's just this mound of like probably eight different blankets. I'm not kidding you. And every once in a while, I'll buy a throw or somebody will give me a throw for the living room. And he takes all of them I, like well, a pack rat. I didn't even realize that yeah. they were missing. But because every you, once in a while. You can't see up on top of the bunk bed unless you climb up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's they like blocked. But I didn't even notice that they were missing out of the living room. Although every once in a while when I'm chilly, I'm like, man, I can never find those. Where, blankets. Yeah. Where are those blankets? Well, I found them <laughs> and he doesn't even lay them out. They're just literally like he bundled makes, up. He makes a blanket nest. That he gets inside of. And that's how he sleeps at <laughs> Does night. anybody else do this? Yeah, you. No, I do this. You like if you could, you would do this, but I don't let you. But you you would love to bundle the blankets up and just be in a wad on the bed. <laughs> that's not like me. In a, why he's like me a lot of ways, but when, he's like you when it comes to like how he wants to sleep. When Aaron and I were first married, you used to tuck the sheet in even around the whole bed, and I could Always. not. It's I how could, my mom taught me. No, I just I, I couldn't do it. Secure. So I'd go around and rip it up, or actually, I'd ask you to do it. I, I, I said I can't breathe. I, all I know is in 16 years our sheets have been tucked in. So <laughs> who won that one? Yeah, hey, I still make the bed. No, I, I, just... got, I actually got used to it, but it was really. I was in the first. Do you remember? I just I just remember this. In the first few months of being married, we had different sheets and different blankets. Because oh, had, there were times we yes. had such a hard time because I was like, I, I want do remember them that tucked in, and you're like, well, I don't want them tucked in. Anyways, New, newlywed problems. Yeah, we figured it out since then. Um, not sure why I shared that. There's not real relevance, but just fun. Just Aaron and Wyatt story, or Jennifer and Wyatt story. <laughs> <laughs> but to slip into the context of the content, um, we, you noticed something. You you shared this this thing that's always been like a, <laughs> you, you always notice it. You never, you've never said anything to me until recently. Um, but you know, just to start off this idea and I'll let you share it in a second, but since COVID over those two years, we saw a lot of businesses like go out of business. Yeah. And so we had a lot of Super more than usual empty buildings that mm -hmm. are no longer being taken care of. And you, and, but it's not just during COVID that you notice this. You, you've noticed this since you were a little girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't even, I didn't even really know how to explain it to you, but it was like when you see a building and 
uh, it's recently like not occupied anymore. All, yeah. all of a sudden you notice like the, the gutters falling off or the, the signs, signs missing a letter yeah. or <laughs> there's a bunch of chipped paint. And I just, I, I, but I start thinking like, would those things have been doing that even if the building was occupied? And I just, why am mm. I noticing it now? And so there's all these questions that store my brain while I'm driving, noticing these buildings. Well, and so, it, it, well, there's some sadness to it because you see the building and you're like, man, that used to be someone's business. That used to be someone's yeah. livelihood. They used to, they used to do something and now it's doing nothing and not just well, doing and nothing. And the question actually, is, how is it falling apart so quickly? Yeah. Seemingly, seemingly so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's always so encouraging when finally someone takes over yeah. that building and starts making it beautiful and purpose, purposeful again. And we're actually starting to see that a lot more in our town. Um, old buildings that are just being renovated and renewed and starting to be useful again. It's so much more exciting um, to see. Yeah. So when I was like explaining this to you and trying to wrap up, like this could be a concept for an episode, a, an episode yeah. what came to your mind? Um, I immediately thought of like dystopian movies where you're like, it's post, you know, the end of the world. And there's this one guy walking around and it zooms out and you see all these buildings tipped over and leaning on each other. And there's vines and trees growing out and animals climbing on things. And, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, it's full and gr- full and overgrown and broken down, um, makes it seem like it's taken generations. And this has been a long time coming with nothing going mm. on. Um, but is it something that happens without our help? Like, you just stop it and then it just happens or is it something that we've, you know, does it, we've encouraged and made happen or is it something that takes a long time or is it quick? Those are things I thought about to discuss this idea. I don't think we're going to be able to answer any of these questions today. <laughs> All right. Podcast over. <laughs> just kidding. We don't know. You know, something interesting, not just in these dystopian movies, but even in our, our new home, we've only been in it seven ish months already, this brand new house. And we're already seeing things that need fixing. Not that things were done wrong. It's just when you're in a brand new house, the, the walls are shifting. Don't you mean when you're in a brand new house with five kids? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to go there, but you're right. Like we, It's used. We're in it. Yeah. There's cracks in the corners. The, the cabinets are separating from the roof because the, the trusses flex from the weather changing and the temperatures. Mm-hmm. And just from being in the house, it needs work. So imagine if we did never did anything to it, what would happen? Mm-hmm. This new house would eventually not look brand new. So we're setting this up because we want to paint the picture or illustrate for you so that we can actually look beyond the physical. Okay, what we're talking about, this picture of a bu- building with its gutter, you know, hanging, to, hanging okay. down. Yeah. Um, so that we can examine the spiritual side of what we're talking about and how this uh, spiritual truth affects our faith and our marriage and other relationships. In general, the things that are not regularly regularly cared for or maintained begin to crumble. Yeah, like that's just reality. It's going to happen. Now, mm-hmm. the duration of time it takes varies because there's variables. Right, right? varies because there's variables. <laughs> <laughs> but really, everything is on its way to breaking down. It's this idea of we're just we're we're constantly on the road to death almost. <laughs> Like, I mean, like as we go, we're, that's, that's the destination, but, um, well, like whatever the thing is, if it is being cared for, it's almost like it's life is being preserved. Correct. Yeah. So it's this idea of when the thing is not tended to, when the gutter isn't fixed, the paint isn't, you know, the chipping paint isn't repainted, um, or the relationship isn't reconciled or pursued when the parts and pieces fall and no one picks it up or sees its value to preserve it, 
the thing diminishes mm-hmm. until it's almost completely torn down, sometimes completely thrown out or left abandoned. Okay, so in light of marriage, like it's obvious that marriages don't just fall apart all in one moment, Not right? Usually, I mean, yeah. it usually takes time to get to that point. Although, like I mentioned earlier, there's variables. So there well, have lots been in, of variables. There, yeah. there have been situations where things fall apart quicker for some, and that's heartbreaking and that's difficult. Mm. Um, but there's no real way to gauge like today how much time I have. Well, like if I, yeah, if I do, if I don't tend in this way, it's only going to last this long. Like we, we don't, we can't you know, calculate that's a weird, that Yeah, that's yeah. a weird way of looking at it. The, the important thing is that we want to draw out here is that when we do tend to what we have, when we maintain it and care for it pers- and pursue it, we do preserve it. Yeah, and that reminds me of a quote. Um, often we hear the this this version of the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, you're not content. There's something better over there. But um, Neil uh, Beringham uh, says, the grass is always greener where you water it. Um, which, by the way, we should do an episode on that guy. Um, I was reading a little bit about him, and he's pretty interesting. But that aside. Another time. <laughs> the grass is always greener where you water it. So what you water, what you tend, it's good. that's what's going to get mm-hmm. nourished and flourish. So like, I just think our marriages, they are going to get beat by the weather. There's going to mm-hmm. be circumstances. There's going to be reasons why, you know, that the, those parts and pieces that we were yeah. talking about earlier, there's going to be times when the gutter is starting to fall off. But because we're here mm-hmm. and we want to preserve it, we're doing the main, the maintenance of picking it yeah. up. And like our house, we, we enjoy the house. Yeah. We see the value of the house. We live in the house. And so those wear and tears across the way, we, mm-hmm. we take care of what mm-hmm. we, when we have the time to, um, in parity with our marriage and relationships, uh, our faith can fall apart over time as well if we're not careful. Um, and I just wanted to read a scripture. Paul warns Timothy in First Timothy chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 18. He says, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. He makes a point of saying when people let go of that faith, and the good conscience about it, it's like they're, they're, they're rejecting it and they're making a shipwreck of their faith. And in Hebrews 3, 12 through 14, it says, Take care, brothers, lest there be any in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end, that idea of hold, that's a, that's a consistency. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to hold this. It's mine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to love it. This original confidence that we have, hold it firm, take care of it. So when we do not maintain or hold on to these things, they will slowly, but surely decay and eventually fall apart. We've all felt this, this, I feel weak. I haven't been in the word. I haven't been praying. I'm not, I'm not pursuing God. I don't feel close to him. He's, he hasn't moved. Often we're the ones that have moved. So it's not that he's not actually close. We just, we can feel that, that those, that deceit coming in of like, well, he, I must not be loved. I must not, you know, mm-hmm. you name it. But if we're not careful to abide in Christ, we will be weakened. We will be susceptible to deception. 
We're just about to get into some ways that we, some things that we can do to maintain our marriage and our faith. But before we head into that, I just wanted to invite you guys to take a few minutes to leave a review on the Marriage After God podcast and even specifically on this episode. It's just a way to get the word out and let others uh, find out more about our podcast. And we'd really appreciate it. Thank you guys. So what, what are some ways, like we're talking about you know, houses and we're using it in buildings and we're using it as an example. But really what we're talking about is our faith and our marriage, yeah. right? So what are some of those ways? But, and we, we're going to get into some of those, but I wanted to make it very clear because I'm sure there's people listening and saying, well, what are you saying about this, right? I am not saying that we are to maintain our salvation. Our salvation is in Jesus and his work alone, not ours. Uh, we do not work to be saved, uh, but we can and should work to maintain the faith we have, to grow in it, and to mature in it, to keep us from being ineffective. Second mm-hmm. uh, Peter one three through ten says this. Why don't you read that? His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and you and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Fall. So yeah, you that, will never fall. That whole thing was based off of the truth that we're saved. It says supplement your faith, meaning, hey, yeah, you have faith in Christ, and that's what's in your, and he saves alone. But add to that mm-hmm. your these things, not for your salvation, but to keep you being from being ineffective, from to keep you from falling, um, to keep you from being nearsighted and forgetting what you've been cleansed from. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about walking out our faith mm-hmm. that we've been that the calling on our life. Um, so that leads us to our seven things to maintain in order to keep our faith and marriage strong and thriving and effective. These are things that, when planted, grow. The things that add nutrients back into the soil, things that turn a mediocre or even decaying marriage and faith into a thriving one. So do you want to do... Do you want to do the first one? You want to do How about you do the first one? Okay. The first one is virtue or purity. You know, having a high moral standard in your way of living and mm-hmm. uh, obviously knowing scripture and um, living a life according to what God's word says. Yeah. Um, and also just being, uh, what's that word you used with me earlier? Vigilant? Vigilant. Yeah. To make sure that you're not letting things in that are not pure. Yeah. And so, and the other, the other word for virtue is purity and God desires us to be, have purity in our, in our marriage bed, purity in our hearts and minds, purity in our eyes. And so having that high moral standard of saying, you know what, 
we're going to keep an eye out and be vigilant to make sure that we're not letting mm-hmm. those kinds of things in. We're not, we're not saying, oh, it's not that big of a deal getting lax on certain kinds of shows, maybe certain kinds of music, certain kinds of um, ways of communicating even. Yeah. I was going to bring up for us, this has looked like over the years is God refining us in even the smallest of ways yeah. where he would put a conviction in one of our hearts for, like you said, a show that we had been watching where it's like, we can't watch that anymore. We can't listen to that type of music or, and and it's not just this, you know, sometimes it is this clear cut. You can't do this. No, this is for each individual to be asking the Lord, Lord, where do you want more purity? Mm-hmm. What things are in my life that are impure or not virtuous? Mm-hmm. What's leading yeah. me away from you? You know, second one. And so if you haven't noticed already, we're going off that list from second Peter. So the second one is knowledge. And so knowledge, when we're growing in our knowledge, not specifically just knowledge of anything, because we could fill our minds with so much knowledge, so many books, so many, you know, school, you know, classes we can take. Although that makes you really interesting. It does make you much more interesting. But <laughs> what what keeps us maintained in our faith mm-hmm. is knowledge of God mm-hmm. growing in, in his word. Like, are we reading it? Are we in his word? This is something that, you know, even you and I, we were like, oh, we had a hard week and we did, weren't in the word. We need to get back in it. Mm-hmm. And it, it does affect us. When we're not in the word, we could tell. We 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 think differently. We act differently. Um, I'll also say this: when you're in the word, you realize there's a lot to be said about how to operate as a spouse. <laughs> and so, yeah. just uh, growing it tells in us what to do exactly. So, growing in your knowledge of the word and spending that time with God overflows into your marriage relationship, mm-hmm. and it helps you with things like communication, or being a good listener, or having understanding, and walking with each other uh, with humility. Yeah. And another thing that when, again, we talked about the, the spiritual truths of like the opposites are true. What happens going into the third one, which is self-control, mm-hmm. you know, having self-control brings a certain kind of fruit, mm-hmm. not having self-control brings a certain kind of fruit. Right. There's a verse in Proverbs that says a man without self-control is like a broken down city or a city with broken down walls, like no protection. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have self-control and boom, you're like, it. All, anything can come in and just wreck your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is something that each one of us can immediately know, like, man, I, I know the areas of my life that I, I, I am lacking in self-control. Maybe it's in the way we communicate. This is something that we've talked about a lot. It's something that God's growing us in. Mm-hmm. Am I self-controlled in how I respond to you when you, you're responding to me? Or are you self-controlled when you think or feel a certain way and how you communicate to me? Not always, but it's something that God absolutely wants us to grow in, which is a great way to maintain our faith in our marriages. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to walk in self-control. Some other practical ones that people probably are already thinking about when they hear the word self-control, mm-hmm. but it, you know, in what we consume and yep, what we're, what, you know, what, what we're being entertained by, which we already brought that up, but having boundaries with, um, our cravings, with our hobbies, with the things in our life that we are, mm-hmm. that we desire. What, and what, at the base level of what self-control is about, so self, flesh, so like my body, the way my mind works, the way my eyes work, the way my nose works, my mouth, my ears, what we want to touch and taste and see and feel. There's lots of things that our flesh desires. Self-control is the spiritual practice of training your flesh to be mm-hmm. submitted to the spirit. Mm-hmm. So that's the third one. Number four is steadfastness, the quality of uh, being res- resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. Yeah, unwavering. I kind of just was reading that and I was like, okay, that's, the, are- that's the definition I got for steadfastness because I was like, I, I could have easily said like, it's like faithfulness, but mm-hmm. it's more than that. It's a quality of being resolutely or dutifully firm. 
and unwavering. Like you're, you're not moved in certain, certain truths in your life. Uh, so unwavering in our unity and oneness, mm -hmm. that's a big one because yeah. that's one that the enemy and our flesh Attacks. absolutely wants to make us wavering in Yeah, is our unity. So another thing that we should be unwavering or firm or resolute in is our belief in Christ and his finished work. Going back to what I was just talking about before is we have to be solid in that, mm -hmm. like solid. And we believe God has saved us by his son, Jesus, <laughs> and his death and resurrection. That makes a whole world of difference. We have an episode coming up in the future talking about how the gospel is for Christians. <laughs> and it's, it's so important just to be firm and strong on that rock, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Um, and then again, resolute in our love for God's word and for our spouse, resolute in our roles. I wanted to add this one because sometimes we, we, we want to not like our roles, whatever that is in life, our positions at our jobs, our positions in our homes, you know, husband, wife, father, mother, those are hard. But if we're resolute, like this, like I am this in Christ, it, it makes you unwavering. It, it, it makes you less susceptible to certain things. Um, and before we move on to the next one, I just want to reverse Hebrews 12, three, consider him who endured from sinners, such hostility against himself, talking about Christ so that you listener, Christian, Jesus follower may not grow weary or faint hearted. So steadfast, like don't grow weary or faint hearted because Christ dealt with such hostility for us so that we can not grow weary. I just think that's awesome. I love that. Um, in thinking about steadfastness, but also self-control and probably all of these, I just think it, it goes so well with the theme for this month of January for our, for our podcast, uh, which is essentially just having integrity, doing what we say, mm -hmm. which builds trust in our relationship, you know, in, in marriage. Yep. And, um, I just like that you're saying like unwavering words, like unwavering mm -hmm. and, and standing firm, like that goes even for your words. Yep. For the, for the commitments that we make and for the things that we choose to um, say to our spouse and how we're going to walk those things out. Mm, that's good. So what's number five? Number five list? is godliness. Um, so just having that devotion mm -hmm. to God and uh, desiring to do what Jesus says. Uh, it's a, it, it was really that simple. It's this, it's, you, you love God. You, you know, I'm, I am devoted to God. It doesn't mean that you are a God or perfect like God, but it's godliness, meaning we're trying to be like, like God, God, like his son, yeah. Jesus, John 14, 23, Jesus answered him. If anyone loves me, remember that devotion, mm -hmm. he will keep my word. Keep means to like store up, like it's in my heart. But, that, my, it, but that it means something too. Yeah. It's, it's, not it's just mine. There. Yeah. Like his word is mine. I want mm -hmm. it. And my father will love him and, and will, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Godliness, having God making his home inside of us because we love him. Uh, we're not afraid to be numbered among other believers and Christ followers. I, I've seen this actually. There's, there's people that like, oh, I, yeah, I love God, but I don't want anything to do with the church. Well, the Bible is pretty clear about that, that you, you can't love God and hate your brother. You're a liar if you do that. So godliness is I want God's kingdom. I want God's ways. I want God's word. I want God's people. They're my people. And then uh, this last part of this is this sow to the spirit idea. Like, you know, this godliness, what are we sowing in? What are we, what are we trying to reap in our lives? Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. 
Again, there's that word deceived again. Sin is so deceptive. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. So this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If we're feeding that flesh, if we're, if we, that, that spiritual truth, what we feed is going to grow. What we water is going to grow. If we feed our flesh, we're going to reap corruption. And I'm sure all of us can think of a moment or moments in marriage when we've fed that flesh and what Every is the day. result? But what's the result? Is death in there's some form or fashion. Contention, there's frustration, yeah. there's miscommunication, there's problems. Definitely not the fruit of the spirit. No. It's the fruit of the flesh that shows up. And it says, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we ho- have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Mm. So you almost have this, all of this godliness idea wrapped up in this verse, <laughs> like the household of faith, loving God, not sowing to the flesh. You know, it's really cool. When you read the last, or well, not the last the, one, it's number six. The next one is brotherly affection. Um, we love our spouse as, as a brother and sister in Christ. I actually was just with a friend the other day and we were just catching each other up on life and, and family and marriage. And, um, I encouraged her with something that someone encouraged me. And that was that just a reminder, Hey, we have, you have to see your husband through the eyes of Jesus. Yeah. And it's something I needed to say to remind myself in the moment for you, Aaron, like Mm -hmm. for me to remind myself to look at you like Jesus would look at you. Hopefully not only a brother. I love you. <laughs> the the point. Though, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, the the point is is often, Does, especially with our spouses, we have such a hard time seeing them as a fellow Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, we go out of home and we go to our Christian community, and we treat those people super well. <laughs> yeah, they're going through a hard you know? time. There's compassion. They're struggling home, with something. There's grace. Nope. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sometimes our expert our expectations are like <laughs> infinitely higher, but. <laughs> If we can have this perspective of like, this is, yes, my husband or my wife, but they're also my brother and sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's like, actually more eternal yeah, so, than our marriage even, if you think okay, about it. Okay, but this too is like, I want to encourage you to find your identity in Christ, Yeah. right? But if I let my lofty expectations overhang mm-hmm. o- over you... yeah then really all I'm doing is forcing you to live up to your live up to my identity. Yeah, exactly. Be like, I want you to be. <laughs> and, so, and, and that it, often, it, to be honest, if you want to fix a lot of things in your marriage, if you can take a step back and say, Oh, this person. Now I, know, I also know that there are people that are married to unbelievers, mm-hmm. but you can still treat someone the way Christ would treat them mm-hmm. and love them that way and see them that way. Um, the point is, is we're on the same team. We want to win and succeed and grow together. Mm -hmm. And so that brotherly, that familial love is like, you are a part of me. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. So Abraham saw Lot as a part of him. Mm -hmm. It was his nephew and he, and he went to rescue him several times actually. So we we need to have that for each other that we're going to go to that. So last one, which really quick, hold on. So just wrapping up what you just said, that's where the fight comes in. When we want to fight for our marriages and we want to really, I'm being serious. I do. (laughs) You should have seen what you just did just now. That was funny. I little boxing fists. <laughs> um, this is where the fight comes in for your marriage because you understand the value mm-hmm. and the purpose and where you're headed and you want to protect it and you want to, you want to help it get to where it needs to go. Yep. That's good. Together. <laughs> All right. 
Number seven, last one, but not least of them, it's probably actually the greatest of them, um, is love. What it, is love? <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> so love, the greatest of all the gifts is love. Mm-hmm. And it's probably spoken about more than anything. Uh, I, I think fear is also mentioned. Fear is mentioned. I'm saying in the New Testament, <laughs> yeah, the, way, the, the way that God's calling us to, the, the thing that makes the church remarkable to not just the world, but to the spiritual realm mm. is our love for one another. That's Powerful. power. Yeah. It's not simple, though, just maintaining no. love. Uh, but we should seek it out earnestly and diligently, as 1 Corinthians 14 one says. Yeah. And when we seek it earnestly and diligently, those those are strong words. Like, I want it, and I'm going to pursue it with everything mm-hmm. in me. Then we're going to find our marriages, our faith, our other relationships flourishing like never before. Because we're going to Christ, the one who gives us that love, and saying, I want that love for this person. I want that love in my for you, God. I often find myself praying, God, I don't help me love you more. Mm-hmm. Like that one person that prayed, Lord, help my unbelief. I was just going to say, mine's always, Lord, help me believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, but that's what God wants that he wants to help us. So like, if we can go to him and admit, like, I want more of it and I don't know how to get it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need more wisdom. He's faithful and just to mm-hmm. give us the wisdom that we ask for. He does that. So those are our seven things that we've wanted to bring up for maintaining our faith and our marriages. Mm-hmm. They're very important things. And, right? and just, just to wrap up our whole imagery from the beginning, if we do these things, mm-hmm. it's not just going to give you a shiny exterior that's real pretty to look at. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to transform you from the inside out. Yeah. Remember we, uh, uh, we talked about in the beginning how awesome it is and beautiful it is when an empty building that's sort of decrepit and falling yeah. apart it's finally occupied. gets an occupant, yeah. a new owner, mm-hmm. someone who loves that building, mm-hmm. someone who loves what it's going to do and, what it's, and the purpose behind it. It's like letting Jesus come in and take ownership of our own life and our own marriage Mm -hmm. and watching him renovate our hearts and our minds. It's good. Um, And our faith and our marriage in in general will grow because we're like, Lord, we want that. Help us. So let's feed our faith and marriage with God's word and spirit. Let's sow into our spouse with love and intentionality and into our faith with passion. And lastly, let's pursue God and our spouse with our whole hearts because what better thing is there to do with our lives than pursue God and our spouse? I think there's probably other things, but those are really good things. Okay, this month's, uh, we called it a growth spurt because we want to encourage you guys to grow. Jennifer did air quotes you didn't see. I do that a lot. <laughs> I just realized I don't know when I'm talking why I do that to you guys. Sorry. Well, in the notes, it says growth spurt with quotes. And so you did the quotes. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Uh, We desire to encourage you guys to be a catalyst for you guys to encourage personal growth and marital growth. And one way we wanted to do that by having these little um, challenges uh, Mm -hmm. at the end of each episode. And so for the month of January, it's going to stay the same, but it's to uh, recognize that you're building trust when you do what you say you're going to do. It's as simple as that. And so just, just choose one thing that you're going to commit to. I'm going to get up early. If you say it, you got to do it. (laughs) And then you you said, write it down on a a commitment, write the commitment on a postcard, something that, or a post-it. Something that you can see see and be reminded of daily. Well, there's something powerful about actually writing out. Yeah. Or saying it Because it becomes a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Accountability. Uh, next week's episode actually is going to dig into a lot more about this idea of w- doing what we say, mm-hmm. uh, y- our words and how they matter. So why don't you end with prayer? 
Dear Lord, thank you for the simple reminder today to maintain our faith and our marriage. Please help us to passionately pursue time with you, reading and praying every day. May your word be written on our hearts and guide us. We pray we would be intentional to sow goodness and grace into our marriage. Please help us to pay attention to the needs we have in marriage and do everything we can to tend to those needs. We pray we would not be burdened by the work of maintaining what we have, but we hope we would see it as a gift and an opportunity to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.